0: What's happening, y'all? This is Todd Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. Today we have NBA player, um, hails from, uh, I guess, North Hollywood, Campbell Hall for high school, UCLA, so local to the L.A. area. Now with the Houston Rockets, Aaron Holiday. What's good? What's going on, man? Thank you for blessing us here. Uh, we try to get the people and bless them with the basketball information about mm-hmm. the culture. Uh, we start the show off with the Wall of Hoop movies. Yeah. All the hoop movies. Your favorite hoop movie of all time, and why? Um, and if it's not up there, let me know as well.
1: Uh, there's a lot of good movies up there, um, but i will probably have to go with the Rebound as my favorite hoop movie. It's probably the one I watch the most often, and I don't know. It's just it's hilarious to me. I always get a, a good laugh
0: out of it. So. Martin Lawrence is comedy for yes. one. Yes. Um man, I'm sleeping on it. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not even on the wall. We have to. We've we've been talking about it. now. I actually have to get up there, especially because Aaron's talking about yes, it now. Sir. And um, I, you know, it's crazy. I, I did recently watch that. Uh, there's a hoop movie. It's kind of like Rebound. It's mm-hmm. a newer one. Um, and it's but. It, they make it a comedy movie where they're talking about kids with special needs. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I just watched it on the airplane. But okay. it's that same concept of, you know, just uh, kind of a, a more a free-flowing, fun movie. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, you know, kids who love hoop mm-hmm. at the end of the day and where it can take you. And Martin Lawrence coming down from coaching <laughs> yeah. the, the, the big college, leagues yeah. to, uh, you know, coaching kids. So um, always interesting yeah, uh, when you're Martin sure. Lawrence. So. Um, Bet, we're going to hop right into it, man. When did you fall in love with basketball? Uh,
1: Um, I want to say probably, I don't really remember exactly when, but I'll say probably around two or three. Obviously, my parents, they played basketball. Uh, My entire family did, but I think it started with them. So, them getting me into basketball early, obviously watching my brothers and sisters play, my brothers and sister play. um, Just had a free flow into it. Um, just watching them and obviously having the br- blueprint of making it into the to this NBA world or even just at the time high school basketball world Um they showed me the way and, and I obviously love them for that
0: yeah no man, that's that's dope I think that's the youngest I've ever heard somebody fall in love yeah. with the game that early but it makes sense being in a hoop family mm-hmm. um like that is that was that uh mandatory from your parents that you guys played hoop or no. how how does that work exactly? No, it wasn't.
1: So uh, there'll be days where I go to the gym and my dad would be like, okay, if you don't want to work out, we don't have to, we go home. So it wasn't really forced upon us. They kind of just allowed us, we really played like every sport. I know I played baseball, basketball, football. You get outside and play like soccer and hockey and volleyball and all that. But they allowed you to really choose which uh, game you wanted to play and which one you loved the most and like the most. And That's what we stuck with.
0: No, that's awesome. I think um, parents can take example from that. When did you stop playing other sports?
1: Um, I remember I played baseball my freshman year of high school. Okay. I think that was the last time I played another sport.
0: No, I think that's awesome to see that you played other sports. I think it's probably helped you in ways on yeah, the basketball court. For sure. Um, and then just being able to have fun and be mm-hmm. a kid and still be committed to something. Because yeah. people now overplay a lot and, and all that. And you're in a hoop family where, mm-hmm. you know, there could be some undue pressure just because yeah. you see in the family reach a level of success. Yeah. How did you uh, manage that? Having two older brothers to yeah. come after and a sister who hoop as well?
1: Uh, it was tough at first you know just different things you hear here and there uh, even playing in high school with like certain refs used to say or do just because of who my brothers were uh, you had to get over that and obviously always being drew's little brother uh, you just you learn to accept it i mean it's not bad it's not like a shot at you even though they could be trying to take a shot at you <laughs> but i didn't see it as a shot at me that's a blessing to be able to be known as somebody's little brother who's obviously really good at basketball so I just took it as that and eventually I learned I am who I am I'm not my brothers I'm not my sister so I'm gonna just be me and just try to make the best of it
0: that's awesome and then through basketball um coming up you played AAU what age did you start playing AAU what was that Mm. experience like
1: maybe elementary school um travel ball I think my first team was California elite I think tank coached me Mm -hmm. uh with California Elite but it was it was fun you just out there hooping having fun with your friends Um, I remember vividly how different my jump shot was then it was still cash but (laughs) I remember it was like I shot it from like in my stomach like but it was still going in so I had to change that obviously to Move up levels, but I remember that time was just enjoying just basketball and having fun with your friends.
0: Who were uh, before you got to high school and mm-hmm. middle school? Do you uh, did you go to, like national tournaments and everything playing with them, or was it more a localized? I
1: went to I think they were the first team I went. Uh, actually traveled to Orlando, the big old the big tournament. Yeah, yeah the
0: AAU nationals.
1: Disney, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, they played at Disney. Who'd you uh, do you remember any of the players that you played then? No, I don't. I don't remember it at all. Okay. I was like, sometimes, you know, you run into, I remember going down there. I was a senior in high school. I was with my homeboy, his dad coached, Mm -hmm. uh, what's it called? Atlanta, one of the Atlanta Atlanta elite, something, I don't know, one of those Atlanta teams. And we were watching, it was, uh, it was, who was on this team? It was the Miller, the Mm -hmm. whatever, the Otis Miller, uh, you know. What's, what's the, uh, why can't I forget this dude's name? The rapper. Uh, him. Yeah, 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 I know you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, he had him, DeMar, on the same team, playing against a team from Atlanta who had Hollis Thompson. Mm. Uh, That's a good match. Man, right? no, it was crazy. Their point it's guard, crazy. they had another point guard who was a Division One kid, Al Amino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they had, like, it was like NBA players watching them when they were in eighth grade. That's so, wild. No, nah, it's pretty crazy how all yeah. that comes full circle. Yeah, you yeah, end yeah. up seeing those dudes later in life. Sure. Um, so, going to all right here. Let me ask this. I want to back it up a little bit. When did working out start for you? When you know, with basketball, when there was mm-hmm. actual uh, scheduled thing, or what was that like?
1: I mean, for me, obviously having two brothers and a sister who played, it was never scheduled. I just went to the gym with them. And like remembering, I'm trying to remember like when I actually started, but. For the most part, I know I was in the gym, like, all the time. Yeah. Like, my cousin, James, who I hung out with a lot when I was little, who say, all you want to do is go to the gym. Like, for me, I didn't see it that way. I thought I was playing outside and stuff more often than not, but I guess all I want to do is go to the gym. <laughs> so, it, was, it wasn't like a scheduled thing, but having brothers and a sister playing and a mm-hmm. dad, obviously, pushing us to be great. Mm-hmm. I was in there a lot.
0: What was that relationship like with your dad and you guys as siblings um, mm-hmm. being in the gym? Because, um, you know... Uh, no, Sean. Been yeah. around him forever, man. He's a very quiet and simple man, and yeah. you know. But you can tell that he instills something in you guys all to have the work ethic, to what it takes For to sure. be, you know, one of the one of the few. Yeah. Um, what was that relationship like in the gym? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, working man, out with him. I
1: mean, I feel like nobody could push you as hard as your dad or like your parents. So. Obviously he got on us a lot. Uh, he's not that quiet as people <laughs> may think, but if you're around him more, you'll figure that out. But mm-hmm. he got on us a lot, obviously corrected us a lot. Um, styles were a little different back then than they are now, but he did a good job of teaching us just how to play basketball and doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that kind of stays the same throughout basketball, looking for your teammates, shooting open shots, getting to the paint, driving kick and playing defense. So. Yeah. He just was able to install confidence. My mom as well, install confidence in us and just have us feel like we we can go out there and do anything.
0: Yeah, man, that and that's how Aaron played. Uh, I just remember watching you. I met you your sophomore <laughs> year. Yeah. Uh coached Aaron for a year as an assistant coach uh, at Campbell Hall. long time ago. Man, though. right? It's crazy. Man. Time flies. That's 10, 10 years ago, something About like that. that. It's been a yeah. minute. So, uh, yeah, I... Man, talk about relentless, man. The the way you approach the game is like, nope, you you only see you in the basket. Yeah. And um, you know, that was when you were a sophomore, I mm-hmm. think. Then you were just learning you were understanding how to share the ball with your teammates and and yeah. um and all that. Well, you you couldn't be stopped though at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, do you what do you credit that that mindset to just yo I'm. I'm gonna get my buckets.
1: Yeah, um, probably just from being younger and playing with my older siblings. Uh, they're both. Well, all three of them were bigger than me at one point, so I had to go against them and consistently go at them. Obviously, they're blocking my shots and getting stops and bumping me out the way. But I couldn't stop. I just had to keep going. So I probably credit it to that.
0: What and what made you keep going? What What did your parents instill in you, or yeah. your, you know, your brothers in those sessions, like? You know, for the kids out there who are going through the same thing, Mm -hmm. you know, um, sometimes it's tough to push through those moments of failure, constant failure, getting beat up um, in the basketball term, beat Mm -hmm. up, not physically, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, you know, if you were to give them, you know, two or three words of advice, what would that be during those times?
1: Man, just to stay with it. Um, Me growing up, obviously, with my brothers and my sister, they beat on me a lot. Not obviously, but... (laughs) on the court and just continue to be relentless, keep going at them. I mean, failure in basketball, I don't think it's considered failure just because you get blocked or things aren't going your way. It's just a learning, a learning time to learn, a lesson to learn and a stepping in store to get better and just become that, that next, uh, get to that next level that you need to be at. So I don't think it's failure, just continue to work, continue to obviously go and attack this like I don't want to say like no other because it's just basketball, but just continue to attack it. Don't stop. I mean, eventually you're going to get to where you want to be. And just because you have a couple bumping bruises doesn't mean like that's the end. Just keep on pushing through.
0: Man, that's awesome, man. Thank you for that. That's uh, a mindset for life. You know, like you said, it's not just basketball. (laughs) Because we go through a lot and, Mm -hmm. you know, you get hit and you got to just persevere. Got to keep going, yeah. No, I, I love how basketball teaches that and that's what we try to do with the young ones it's Mm -hmm. like hey just stay with it you're not gonna be as good as the person next to you but one day you might pass them but it doesn't matter what matters is the staying with it Mm -hmm. and putting that effort especially if you love it the game like you know we love the game so uh moving moving into high school okay so campbell hall you had some shoes to fill right your brothers (laughs) came there kind of wrecked shop three state championships and all these things um and they were graduated by the time you got there mm-hmm. um entering high school what was, what was your mindset what what was the goal? Was going into high school
1: honestly going into high school I just wanted to have fun I didn't really like I cared about winning a championship or getting on a banner but like it wasn't my main goal it was just to have fun and get better uh, prepare for college and obviously get to the D1 school that I wanted to but I mean just my mindset was just to enjoy school honestly
0: yeah, and you could tell, man, your freshman year dropped 50 in a game, 50-piece, 50 yeah. 52, was it? Mm-hmm. What? Did you plan that, or what happened?
1: <laughs> no, I, don't, I never planned any of that, but, I mean, just being resilient. Obviously, finding something that was working and just kept going at it. I think I shot a lot of free throws, but mm-hmm. being able to make shots, get to the lay, get layups, and, and shoot a lot of free throws, just just found something that was working and just kept at it.
0: What, what is um, your biggest, like, in high school, what, mm-hmm. what was the most memorable moment on the court for you?
1: My most memorable moment probably was our game against Viewpoint. Um, I think we were down. I was playing terrible. Uh, I, didn't, I probably had, like, two points maybe at halftime. Somewhere around there, but... Was it your, your senior year? It was either my junior or senior year. Okay. We ended up coming back... Um, I ended up having like 20 points in the second half and we ended up winning and that's probably my most memorable like moment.
0: What just overcoming the hump and
1: Yeah, cuz I was playing terrible. Uh, it was <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Couldn't make a shot. I was just making like dumb mistakes, but just being able to overcome it, you know, cuz times like that in basketball we we pretty much get in our own head and become self-conscious and like oh my goodness, I'm not playing well, but being able to get over that and settle myself back down and continue to fight. I felt like that was a step forward, you know, moving yeah. on to college and everything. That was, I need those moments just to, to be all right in college and, and pass that.
0: Absolutely. And so you had uh, many different teams kind of when you were at Campbell yeah. Hall, right? Every uh-huh. year it kind of seemed to shift. People were leaving. You mm-hmm. stay consistent, stay with it. Yeah. And, um, you know, you had to learn to be a better teammate through that time because you were such a bucket. It's mm-hmm. easy for you to get buckets, but understanding the team concept, what helped you understand that you had to get others involved mm-hmm. and how did you do that?
1: Uh, my parents did a great job of instilling that in me early. Um, I obviously didn't listen too much my first couple of years, but <laughs> eventually, like, it's just the game of basketball. Like, you want your teammates to be happy and have fun playing with you. Obviously, you're the main guy and you're going to get your shots when you get them, so getting off the ball early or just finding different ways to get your guys involved, keep them happy and make the game more enjoyable. And I mean, now even in being in the NBA, like I really feel like that's the way I need to play basketball. Even yeah. though I'm out there for 15, 20 minutes a game, if that, I still feel like I could get my guys the ball and make them, you know, enjoy this. Cause not many people make it obviously to this level and it's a blessing to be able to play basketball. So. Right.
0: It's probably the reason you stay in there, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, there's a lot of people who get buckets. I tell mm-hmm. people all the time, the best score is probably, you know, is at the yeah. top of the league, but there's a lot of dudes who go overseas that For don't sure. have that knack to be a good teammate, to yeah. be a good basketball player. And, um, you know, you could just see through your career, you mm-hmm. um, which we're going to get to, but you speaking about that is show, you know, through college, you did it. And then in the NBA now, you know, you've seen where you had, you were playing 30 minutes a game and you can average a lot of points. You can do that, but also you could fit a role and play where the team needs you. But, um, kids need to, I think kids need to learn that. and see For sure. Understanding
1: your role is probably a big thing, playing basketball and getting to different levels. Um, for me, obviously, getting into the league at first, you want to be, you want your role to be a certain thing, but you can't always dictate what that is. You can always get better at every aspect of your game and just be ready for the opportunity. But you still have to be a, a star in your role. So,
0: man, you need to write a book, man. <laughs> no, I learned that from my parents. <laughs> you you have this uh, maturity and wisdom about you. Mm-hmm. You know, even though you know you're older and you've been through all this, but yeah you still find other players who are older and vets that don't have this wisdom and understanding sure. of not, not just basketball, but life, man. You mm-hmm. you you get it. You yeah. get it. So that's awesome. I try right? to, man. I try. A lot of I, years, man. <laughs> <like I'm> 26 <laughs> right. now, a lot Woo! of years. Man, so you've been playing for 24 years, low-key. Like, yeah. man, you've been playing longer. That's probably longer than me. I didn't yeah. start playing until I was 11. Yeah, we've been playing basketball the same amount of years almost. And great, I'm yeah. that much older than you. but My
1: son's already uh, – Shooting hoops and stuff loves basketball. he loves any all the sports but how old does he know he just turned two in May so and he's already shooting yeah he's shooting my son and everything. my
0: son does this with the ball <laughs> That's it and he just let it fall yeah. he, he could catch He'll it get though. There. yeah no exactly He'll everybody with their own time I'm mm-hmm. waiting to, to get my Sean Holiday on one day <laughs> <For sure. laughs> just getting this gym but yeah. uh no that's um, man that's so dope I, I really appreciate it. I saw it when you know I was there as the coach as a coach. But mm-hmm. also just watching all your games after that, man. Your parents um, just kind of allowed you to play during the games. They yeah. weren't screaming from the stands. They weren't giving you commands.
1: Y'all just didn't hear my dad.
0: Okay, I didn't hear him I either. Heard so, him. oh, okay. I heard him, but y'all just didn't <laughs> hear him. But,
1: but he yeah. wasn't like a, you know, yeah. the,
0: you know, there's parents in the crowd that you mm-hmm. can see are yeah. like, just like, yo, chill out. He may yeah. give you some advice or some basketball stuff but they Mm -hmm. weren't like overly aggressive during the game about you know that what did you think that helped you um or did Um, you block them out or what was what was that like
1: it was kind of a thing like you just understood what they were saying you could look at them and just understand what they're trying to say and like communicating without really talking i guess you can Mm -hmm. say but yeah it helped me out for sure it helps you grow um Usually when I'm locked in, I'm locked in, but obviously I can hear my, it's weird, I can hear my parents, like my dad or whatever the case may be, my mom, like you can just hear them, but right. for the most part, it helped, uh, I was able to make my own mistakes and learn from them. They mm-hmm. said their piece when they felt time. the time was needed, but for the most part, I was able to just learn and grow, so it, it helped me out for sure.
0: Yeah, no, That's. I think that's so important for kids to understand that, to either, yeah. hey, your parents may do that, that's mm-hmm. up to them, but to be able to understand why they're doing it. And yeah. I think there's an advantage when parents played basketball. Exactly. They're probably giving yeah. you the right information. Exactly. If your dad never <laughs> played and he is an accountant <laughs> yeah, and he don't know nothing about basketball, mm-hmm. you should probably just be like respecting it. Yes, yes. dad, I hear you. Yeah. Oh, eat the fish, spit out the bones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. You know, and yeah. so I think that's important to, for, for people to hear and see. But also that, um, someone whose kids all had success in, in the mm-hmm. sport of basketball. How they were, hey, they weren't overly yeah. aggressive. That's for, for these sure. parents out here who are trying to imitate someone like a Levar Ball, who's very yeah. outspoken. Levar did it, hey, his kids are in the league. Don't. His kids, is right? Pretty much,
1: they were all pretty much superstars at a young age. So,
0: right, and it, it, don't knock it. Yeah, but there's other routes to it. Yeah, I always sure. talk about that. Me and my friend always have this conversation, he's a LeVar Ball fanatic, and I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I'm a Sean Holiday fanatic, man. That's he it. got three kids in the league, and your That's sister it. probably would've went to, went to the dub. For sure. You know, if, yeah. you know, things were different, and exactly, she it's for like, sure would, uh... you know, it's like, man, he did it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And um, is there, is there, so now that you you know you've been through it, now you have a son. Mm-hmm. What's your expectation for him and you know growing up, playing other sports and all that? Good. And what do you think you're going to be like as a dad with that?
1: I haven't really thought about it. Um, right now, I'm focused on obviously my career, but obviously spending time with him, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really care if he played basketball or not. I just want him to enjoy life. Obviously, I know he's going to be some type of athlete, so. Mm-hmm. I'm not really gonna force it upon him, but I just want him to enjoy life. Like he's into golfing, playing tennis, wow. basketball, soccer. So he likes to do everything, and I just want to be able to lay it all out for him and him choose what he wants, pretty much. Yeah,
0: that's dope. Yeah, yeah. he's probably gonna end up hooping, right? <laughs> like, probably, <laughs> but I'm, I'm we'll like see. this with my son. I'm I'm trying to. Figure out that balance, right? Mm-hmm. So when my son was born, first thing I said, I was like, thank you, God. Yes. Ten fingers, ten toes. Like, yep. I'm so help blessed. Yeah, yeah. And the second thing, and I couldn't help it, it's just the truth. I was like, I want him to be an all-star point guard in <laughs> It's really my heart's desire yeah. for him, but I know sure. that he has to love it. Mm-hmm. I know that you know he has to want to do the work, and yeah. I have to give him the resources and, and exactly. do that. But at the same time, if he doesn't, I have to be okay, which mm-hmm. I am. I've yeah. accepted that hey one day he or he may not hoop. Yeah. yeah. Um, but man, that that, that hooper in me mm-hmm. is like, you know, you just feel it. Yeah, You, you just do. feel it. Yeah. So do you have that feeling as well? Like, like when I get
1: out there and play with him, obviously I'm he's two years old, so it's not like he's gonna be able to shoot over me yet, but I block his shot every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, you do get that feeling where you're like, Man, you wanna be a hooper, but at the end of the day he can make the decision and so, so yeah. and I'll be all right either way.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so let's let's uh we're going to come back around. We kind of got off topic, but yeah, yeah. hey, we dads, that's what we do. Um going into college. So, mm-hmm. high school career, pretty successful high school career. Yeah. Made some deep playoff runs. Uh you know, your junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh UCLA. Was that the school of your dreams? Was that uh how how did your college recruitment go? Yeah. And why did you choose UCL, UCLA at the time?
1: Honestly, I didn't really care where I went. I was just looking to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, East Coast, West Coast, it didn't matter. But uh, I came down to USC and UCLA. Those were my last two schools that I took my officials on and the last two schools I really obviously wanted to go to. So yeah, we just got up. We had, our, I had my official visit at UCLA and that was pretty much it. I loved the campus. Everything was just beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. Obviously the basketball program is elite. Like It's not many schools like UCLA, um, and yeah, that just did it for me, the the official.
0: Did Drew push you at all to say, hey, no, not he at all? No, he
1: didn't, um, My sister was up there, too. She, oh, that's was, right. she was at UCLA, what, two years before I got there, so my her junior year was my freshman year, so I was able to hang out with her a lot, too, but yeah, it was he didn't pressure me. Uh, Justin didn't pressure me to go to Washington, right. but it just sort of happened.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's dope and and it's cool cool cuz you have you got a home team crowd right mm-hmm. by you like yeah, I, I remember sure. just wanting to go to games cuz you were playing. Mm-hmm. So it was just like I know that's always cool playing in the hometown. For sure. Um what was the biggest uh learning uh, adjustment you had to make going from high school into college?
1: Biggest adjustment I had to make was just learning to slow down, play with pace. Um in high school you're able just to go full speed and just get to wherever you want. Now there's guys taller than you, more athletic, obviously more physical. So that adjustment of slowing down, playing at your own pace, and really understanding, like, I got to get to my spots and use different angles. Because mm-hmm. obviously, when I'm six feet, get blocked easily at the rim. So using different angles and your athleticism and sometimes just settling for the three and just knocking it down. But just understanding the game at a higher level, I think that's what helped me the most.
0: Yeah. So you went from starting every game your freshman year mm-hmm. in uh, college to your sophomore year coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was that like? And, you know, mm-hmm. what, what was your emotions and feelings going through that it, experience? It was
1: tough, angry, honestly. Like, I just started my entire freshman year. Um, didn't have the best of year, but, you know, it was my freshman year, so it was what it was. Then coming back, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get more prepared. And then who do we have? Lonzo, mm-hmm. I think T.J. E.K. Mm-hmm. I think them three came in, and my coach came to me. It was like, yeah, you're going to be coming off the bench, and I thought it would be up for like discussion, like through practicing and all that. But he might have said it, but he knew he was going to who he was going to play already, mm-hmm. um, and that happens. I mean, there's yeah. times you can't really dictate the outcome, but you just have to figure out how to persevered through it um and so many people were telling me I should transfer I should do this I should do that and I'm like for what I feel like I should be here so that was my main mindset I feel like I should be here I know I should be here so I'm gonna just take the role I have and go out there and hoop and my second year I had probably one of obviously better than my first year but pretty good year coming off the bench yeah Um, I think I averaged like 12 points or something Mm -hmm. yep Um, 12
0: and three
1: yep yeah so it was Honestly, it was tough. I was obviously angry, and that probably fueled me to be the player I was that next year. But at the end of the day, you got to roll with the punches and adjust and figure out ways you can just you can be better and help
0: your team. I got to know what those practices were like when you were on the second team, yeah, yeah, yeah. playing against them, knowing that you have the ability to for start. Sure. What? How, how competitive was it?
1: Well, for me, it was very competitive. Uh, obviously, whoever was in front of me, that's who I was going at. So we had Lonzo, Bryce, Isaac, all of them. So I was just doing my best to obviously prepare myself for the season, but also show that I'm meant to be here. And I obviously I picked up full court and yeah. just continue to try, to try to put pressure on them, and that's going to help them get better as well, not only me. So it was a collective effort, but obviously we had a pretty good team that year, and what well, we got to what second in the nation at one point. So yeah. It was, it was a pretty good team, but yeah, for me, I was just trying to go at everybody.
0: No, that's awesome. And how did you keep the relationships with your teammates, mm-hmm. even though you felt like, hey, for sure. I should be starting? What, what is that like if somebody's struggling with that now, whether they're yeah. in high school, because mm-hmm. it happens now, you know, these kids think yeah. they're in college and transfer, <laughs> but somebody who's in college who's yeah. maybe going through the same thing, how did you keep that relationship clean with your teammates during that time?
1: I mean, I don't feel like it's my teammates' fault that that happened. It's right. the coach's decision no matter what, it comes down to the coaches. Like players, I can go to a coach and be like, yo, I'm better than him, why am I not playing? But at the end of the day, he's gonna make, the coach is gonna make a decision that he feels is best for himself and the team. So I didn't really take it out on my teammates, like especially off the court. Like Mm we were all cool and just, you know, hung out, spoke in the locker room, whatever the case may be. But I think that that part is obviously important because a lot of guys will be mad at this player or that player just because they were put over him that doesn't necessarily mean that they're better than you. Right. It's just the, the time and place that you're at right now, and you just gotta get better and improve yourself. But I think being connected with your teammates off the court is, is pretty important.
0: Yeah. No, I think it reflected in that next year, mm-hmm. your junior year, where For you sure. average 20, you know, yeah. and had that opportunity to show with, mm-hmm. you know, Lonzo leaving, um, TJ, TJ, TJ leaving. TJ leaving. left too. Yep. And so.
1: I think Jonah left. Was Jonah there my sophomore year? Jonah Bolin was there sophomore my sophomore year, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was out, too. Yeah. So.
0: And then you had a new bunch come in. Who came in your junior year? Uh, was that I
1: I don't know if Jay Hans was there. Yeah, by, Jay Han- Yeah, he was yeah, there my junior year. Yeah. Jay Hans, Chris Wilkes. Um yeah. Who else came in? I think those were the two main guys that played.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are, yeah. I think that was it. Those are the big-name the big name recruits, at least. Yeah. And, um,
1: McDonald's on Americans. I think both of them are McDonald's on Americans. Yep. So, yeah, those two, <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, and then you got the, you know, you got the ball in your hands and mm-hmm. being able to do your thing. And um, like you said, man, I think that sophomore year, you took the step defensively, mm-hmm. right, showing what you can do and impact sure. the game that way, and it yeah. carried over to – Um, the opportunity on the offensive end as well Mm -hmm. Um, just explain your junior year and your mindset going into it and did you think you were going to be ready for the NBA after that year for sure I thought I was ready for the NBA after my second year honestly Mm -hmm. Um, but just tested the
1: waters and obviously heard from the coaches and teams and everything in the NBA and decided to go back for my third year and just get a just get ranked higher and build my stock pretty much and it ended up working out i just went back and pretty much told myself i just need to get better and prove that i'm an nba player to the executives and the presidents and stuff in the nba and i'm glad and blessed that i was able to do that i was just honestly in the mindset of just going in there and just killing uh, yeah whether that's scoring getting my teammates involved playing defense just trying to put everything together and and i was able to do that my third year
0: yeah uh, heck of a year. And then going into the draft, so having two brothers who were in the Mm -hmm. NBA at the time, were they given, you know, how did that uh, make an impact on you going through that your last year in college and Mm -hmm. even like the pre-draft process, testing the water process? Yeah, it
1: wasn't too bad. Um, I actually used my brother's agent when I was testing the waters, which was pretty cool just like to understand how everything went and how agents are. Uh, Glushon, he really did a good job of explaining everything to me obviously he's a really good agent now mm-hmm. <coughs> but um yeah they didn't say too much uh it was kind of just me learning the process on my own like i mean they could tell me so much but i'm gonna have to go through it eventually that's what i always tell people like yeah my brothers could say so much but you still gonna have to go through it and what they can say it might be different from what you experience so <laughs> right it was right. it was good to have them around being able to have somebody to talk to and obviously Kind of give me the ropes of the league, but I still felt like I had to go through it myself to really figure it
0: out. Absolutely. And do you remember any of your pre-draft workouts? I tell these people, when you go to a pre-draft workout, man, some of these teams, yeah. you go through the ringer. Like I had yeah. about
1: 14, I think. Woo. I worked out for, I think, about half
0: yeah,
1: the league. <laughs> but, I mean, Boston. And that's in, like,
0: a, what, three-week span? Yeah, it, was,
1: it might be, like, a month, yeah, yeah. four weeks. Mm-hmm. But Boston, they had the three-minute drill. Phoenix had a three minute drill. I did my- Explain the three minute drill for the- Okay, so pretty much you run from sideline to sideline or baseline to baseline for three minutes straight and just get out how many ever touches you can get within that three minutes. So Man. I know in Houston or in Phoenix, I think I tied the record for the three minute drill. Mm. And I think I had a pretty good workout in Phoenix both times. I went back for a second time. I remember the Boston workout just being crazy. Like, I think that was one of my first workouts and okay. had to yep. get into the three minute drum. Like, man, this is tough. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, most of them, I don't, I kind of remember the Clippers one because I had a good workout for the Clippers.
0: But, did you work out for Indiana? No. You see? And they're the ones who drafted they're the ones you. who drafted
1: me. Yeah, it's crazy how it works. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's usually how it works. I don't
0: know. But. <laughs> no, least So working in the pre-draft, literally mm-hmm. the teams don't want people to know that they're interested in you. So they yeah. won't work you out there, watch you from the distance, mm-hmm. call their homie and be like, hey, yeah. how does it work out for you? Yeah. And oh, we're not going to work this guy out, but mm-hmm. secretly eyeing you mm-hmm. for what for they sure. want. And so... Yeah. Um,
1: I didn't know that going into <laughs> it, bro. I didn't. Right. All I knew was they were calling everybody from a high school asking about me. That's all I, like, yeah. why are they doing Please that? Let but, the people know.
0: Yeah. This is what I tell these kids all the time because I'm, yeah. I'm dealing with middle schoolers who are pretty mm-hmm. good at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling said they will call, they called yeah. me. They yeah. literally called yeah. me. So they called who from high school?
1: I remember they talked to, mom, I think, said to talk to Coach V about me. Um, they called, I believe they talked to a few teachers, just people around, and they might've talked to the janitor maybe, or people working there, but, yeah, they talked <laughs> to everybody. Planned. It's crazy, I not didn't know planned. that. Not Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, why are they calling everybody, but they wanna know how you are around people that you might not know, or people that just work around you. They just wanna see if you're a good person or not, I guess, so. Yeah,
0: no, they're, they're testing your character, mm-hmm. and, yeah, how you treat one person For is, sure. is really important especially like you said the gender and those Mm -hmm. types of people and so um man the kids think I'm joking when I say that stuff so I love that you said it so they can hear I thought you were joking too but (laughs) I went
1: through it so I I understand now
0: absolutely um draft night Mm -hmm. so what's it like on a draft night um did you know you were going to get drafted
1: yeah I knew I was going to get drafted
0: How, how how soon before the draft I mean, I knew I was going to get drafted
1: going through the process. Got but, it, okay. Well, I guess it's just me thinking that. Okay, so you had the confidence that you are going to get yeah, drafted. Yeah.
0: Oh, you didn't have like a draft promise.
1: No, so, oh, got it. I mean, there are a few teams that said they were going to pick me earlier, but it didn't happen, so mm. it is what it is. But, I mean, I felt like I was there. I was going to get drafted for sure. Um, yeah, I could have went probably as high as like 15 or 16 up in that area, and I think my low would have been – late first round, maybe early second, but mm-hmm. I knew I was going to get drafted. I felt like I was good enough and I had a good, uh, good enough uh, last year in, at UCLA to get drafted in the first round, so I just had confidence in myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then hearing your name called, what's what's that feeling like?
1: Um, it's awesome. It's just something you dream about. Obviously, you play basketball outside and you're obviously counting down like from 3, two, 1, and... And all those moments like just you just feel like they come true you know after you hear your name get drafted at the nba draft so it was pretty cool and my brothers were there my sister mm-hmm. and my parents uh, it was just a great time you know
0: yeah no, that's yeah. awesome that's awesome i remember watching you play pickup games when uh Pimbrother used to rent out the gym back in the uh, yeah, day yeah. He used to run out heritage right Right. Like, yeah, and yeah. um man i think it was right it was during your sophomore year Mm -hmm. I believe. And you were giving everybody buckets. And I'm talking like the Reggie Jacksons, Paul George, like all these cats was in the gym Mm -hmm. and you were just giving people relentless buckets as a sophomore. Um, did, was that like, uh, what, what kind of confidence do you have to go against these cats? Like where, where's the mindset at? for you to not have that fear of, you know, dudes who are already in the NBA. Mm -hmm. What is, where does that come from? I mean,
1: I just feel like at the end of the day, it's basketball. Like, no matter what your age is, if you're good at basketball, it's going to show. So just being confident in my craft and obviously my parents did a good job of instilling that in in me at a very young age. But obviously playing against my brothers and my sister outside, that that builds your confidence. Like, they're not easy people or players to go against. Mm -hmm. Even my sister was aggressive too, so. Yeah. I mean, if I can go against them, I feel like I could pretty much go against anybody. So,
0: How long did it take for you to finally beat Lauren?
1: Um, I don't remember.
0: Did you ever, That's the question? <laughs> yeah,
1: I beat her, for sure. I used to play against them in high school, her team. I used to beat them then, too. But Yeah, I don't remember when exactly I started beating her, but it was, it was a long time, for sure. You got it you got it you. took me a minute to get there. but
0: Now, going into the league, you're in Indiana. What's mm-hmm. Indiana like?
1: It's different from california I'll yeah. tell you that different from la um it's a it's a quiet city it's slow um it's a basketball city for sure but yeah the fans they they're energetic they come to every game they pack the house so that's dope yeah it's a great it's a great basketball city um had to adjust to the snow i was driving my brother's challenger my first year and I had to adjust
0: to it i was you put chains on the tires and all No, that. i didn't know so he i was, was slipping driving, and sliding <laughs> i was driving fish <laughs> everything so oh boy
1: eventually i figured it out though and i just got a, a bigger car but yeah it was a great city i enjoyed my time in indiana for sure
0: who were your coaches in indiana
1: um i had nate mcmillan and nate bjorkin and then rick got there as I got traded. So he got there like a few weeks before I got traded, so. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. and
0: then what was your experience like when they, so you played for him in Atlanta as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys have a pretty good relationship then from yeah, a coaching solid, perspective. Yeah. Um, what is different from the NBA coaches compared to the college coaches? What was that experience like?
1: Um, college they're able to do and say like get on you however they want to, however they please. In the NBA it's harder for them to do that because of like the players they have around them. They're so talented. and. I don't know if money plays a part, but it's just different uh, how a coach can like I think get on you. Yeah. Um, there are some coaches that still are able to do that and get on kid and get on uh, NBA mm-hmm. players, but I think that aspect is different because in college they'll just <laughs> go at you. I feel like. <laughs> right, right. You really can't do <laughs> nothing. I'm not saying you can do something <laughs> in the NBA, but it's like I just feel like that aspect is is a lot different.
0: A little like grown man respect yeah, kind of thing exactly. and versus but now zone. I'm
1: grown, yeah type, yeah. Yeah, For what,
0: sure. what's, um, what was the biggest adjustment from college to the NBA in mm-hmm. the style of your game?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like obviously they're a lot bigger and stronger and more athletic. Everybody's good at this level. Um, I think the biggest part I had to get better at was, which I still am, obviously, uh, being a smaller guard, is getting into the paint, finishing over guys, even though I'm pretty athletic, just understanding when to go and when not to, um, and just running your team. Like getting into the NBA, obviously I said before, like I wanted to be somebody I dreamed of, obviously getting there Mm -hmm. and doing everything that I've always wanted to do. But like eventually you just can't be that person right now. So you have Mm -hmm. to try to adjust your game and obviously fit in with your teammates and understand the system. So that part was probably like the toughest, just understanding like, okay, I know I wanna get here and I'm still gonna to fight to get here, but right now that's just not it. So mm-hmm. I gotta take a couple steps back, really read and and understand the game at a higher level and eventually we'll we'll be able to get up to that level that I wanna be at.
0: Absolutely, man, that's that's good. You, said you had to actually read like, and learn, yeah, learn yeah. system, <laughs> studying yeah, yeah, still, yeah, for sure. it's a job. Mm-hmm. And I think um, a lot of kids don't understand that because yeah. I, I tell kids, find what you're really, really good at mm-hmm. and master that craft, yeah. right? master what you're really good at it doesn't mean you don't stop improving the rest exactly. of your game yeah. but if you master what you're good at then you you define a role for yourself mm-hmm. and then keep working and working and working and then all of a sudden you jeremy grant with a max deal yeah. you know what i mean like exactly. those opportunities come because mm-hmm. of you know because of your work um yeah. I always i oh, i love uh justin's story mm-hmm. you know overseas for some years yeah. and you went had,
1: through it for
0: sure. Had to develop a three point shot pretty much that mm-hmm. gave him a calling card into the league and hasn't left since. Yeah. It's just like those things happen. They that's, do. That's that's what it is. Um, what are you doing now to develop your game? You work with uh uh Shay, mm-hmm. um, you have a little little time in the gym with Chris Johnson this off season. Yeah, yeah. Um as you, you know, go throughout these years, your development phases, mm-hmm. um, is there anything that you're Adding specifically to your regimen, as yeah. well as your skill set? What, mm-hmm. What's the plan?
1: Uh, right now, just obviously touching everything on offense. Don't play much defense in the summertime. <laughs> I save that for uh, the season. But I mean, just understanding angles. Obviously, with Chris, he does a good job of teaching angles and using the glass. Um, and dealing with Shea, it's more so using angles to get baseline. So, like working on gnashing if Mm -hmm. people know that term just keeping your dribble on the baseline and seeing what you have the reverse the uh, one dribble pull up as you come around or just pretty much follow just go a circle all the way around and get back to the other side Uh, so it's just different things i'm working on Um, playing with pace working on my ball handling shooting obviously those are non-negotiables but really understanding the the angles of basketball and yeah. how I can use my body. With Shay. I'm working on just using my body a lot more. I'm pretty strong, so I know I can obviously do that, and we've been working on it a couple of years and I've gotten better, but just understanding like when to use your body, how to use your body, and obviously using your, like, couple more dribbles before shooting, like coming off a of pick and roll, like just keeping your dribble a little bit longer, or maybe you just gotta get off of it quick, but just understanding the difference of a guy in a drop or up and how to get around him. So just I'm going on and on. No, it's good. you talking
0: basketball. Yeah. I love it because kids need to understand that, it's not about just being able to do a crossover and hit a shot. Yeah. You're understanding reads. You're understanding mm-hmm. movements. The terminology that you use, yeah. that there's a study to this game sure. yeah. that takes your game to another level, man. Mm-hmm. It's good to hear you even speak like that. <laughs> so, li- listen, Aaron's always been strong. Okay, He ain't yeah. – you know, that just just didn't happen. In high of school, foul, so. they used to – Coach Blunt used to make me guard this main <laughs> practice as a grown man because he was killing high schoolers. Yeah. And that was the only thing that could – remotely getting his way and so and yeah, he, he used to kind of uh, I, I used to lock him up in my opinion, <laughs> he got buckets here and there but yeah. that was when he was 16 but <laughs> anywho um no, I think that's awesome um from just a, a a maturity and growth standpoint for you're sure. still learning you've yeah. been in the league for five years going into your sixth year and you're mm-hmm. still learning and growing sure. and working on the fundamentals like you said dribbling and shooting is non-negotiable
1: playing off too as well i gotta throw that in there yep
0: playing off being too. a
1: smaller guard you gotta be able to play off too um, mm-hmm. just throws off shot blocking and you'll be able to have more stability stop turn spin and get out of just tough situations, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, No, you're definitely a one foot jumper because- For sure, yeah. I still am, <laughs> but
1: I gotta tell myself sometimes, it's all right to stay on two feet, you know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Was that something just that's just natural for you or were you taught to jump off of one foot?
1: I think it was just natural. I okay. mean, me being like the height I am, obviously I'm pretty athletic off one, so I guess I just lean toward that and mm-hmm. I can get my shot off and I can jump pretty quick, so mm-hmm. I guess I just, How'd you, so natural. how'd you
0: how'd you become athletic?
1: I don't know, probably just from my parents. Like, I mean, gee, what you, man, I
0: <laughs> so y'all never like y'all wasn't in the weight room or no, running hills, resistance. You did run, okay, run. What kind of my running? Dad,
1: uh, over by our house, there's like this little hill that she, he still runs to this day. But I oh, used to run it. that a few times, um, a few times a week uh, with my dad. He used to get out there and run with us, but. Other than that, I didn't really start lifting until probably closer to high school. I didn't, mm-hmm. like all throughout junior high, I wasn't really lifting, but I think once I got freshman year, I started to lift more and more, but yeah, I guess it was all just thank, thank my parents and obviously God bless me with, with what I have right now, so.
0: Awesome, so NBA games. Mm-hmm. What is something that us spectators are watching that you experience in the game that is like man this is unreal
1: um just the talent level obviously there I don't think the the fans know how talented like every player in the NBA is like they only see what they kind of are able to show at the time but they don't understand how talented it is like mm-hmm. there's games or practices even like where there's guys who are 15 on the bench that are like cooking mhm and obviously the people outside that don't understand, outside the practice don't see that, but they only see him miss a couple of shots here and there. And like, oh, but yeah, there's, there's really, really like unbelievable talent, like one through 15. And that's probably something that most people outside the NBA don't know.
0: What is your most memorable game in the NBA so far?
1: Ah, oh, memorable game. Mm. I mean, I, playing against my brothers are always like my favorite games to play in um I think what the first time we beat Drew like me and Justin together I think the first time we beat him was in Atlanta when we played for Atlanta Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah I think that was the only time but even playing against Justin when he was in Memphis or other teams he was with like those are probably my most memorable times because it's just fun and like you get to just have fun with your brother again, you know? That's history, man. I don't think there's ever
0: been three brothers playing on the same court at the same yeah, time. I think in New and Orleans,
1: man. that was the first time we did it. So
0: yeah, that's that was so pretty dope. cool. And so you've been on your, uh, with Justin two times. Mm-hmm. One uh, in Indiana for Indiana. a year. Or a year or two? Yeah. Two? A
1: year or two years? I don't know. It yeah. was a year or two, and then. And
0: then in Atlanta this past year. Half a year in Atlanta, yeah. Okay, half a year. He man. traded.
1: He went to, uh, I think, Houston. Mm-hmm. And then end up in Dallas, but, yeah, half a year.
0: Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's so it's crazy. It's a blessing,
1: man. I don't take that for granted for sure. Yeah. It's like it, it, it sucks when you're with your brother the whole year and then halfway through he just leaves and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> Right. But, again, our team was pretty well connected, so it wasn't too bad of an adjustment for me, but it just kind of stinks. Like, uh, I can't go to work with my brother every day, but everything worked out.
0: What's a misconception about a player that you've played with that you think people should know?
1: I mean, Russell Westbrook is obviously very talented, but he's also a great person. Yeah. Um, I haven't really played on the same team as him, but I've spoke to him a few other times just playing uh, against him and stuff, and he's, he's a great human. Been to D.C. the year after he left, and they spoke very highly of him, mm-hmm. how good of a teammate he is on the court and off the court. Like, he just wants to win, and I think people just only see that the side of him that's always wanting to win, which yeah. isn't bad. Like everybody wants to win, but he's pushing his teammates to do better. So I think that's that's one player that I know for sure that people kind of hate on. But
0: yeah, no, he, I mean, I I see him from the distance I've not met. Mm-hmm. I've seen I met Russell once I was rebounding for him and, you yeah. know, kind of like a what's up thing. But it was uh, just how he treats his AAU team mm-hmm. and the stuff that people say about him. Yeah. Um, he was one of my favorite players for sure all times like just he does everything he plays the game with passion and aggression mm-hmm. like you, you There's no doubt that. that this man loves basketball exactly. regardless love of what, what yeah. Forget all the other stuff. I think there is something that happens when you come to LA yeah, One, for sure that there's an expectation of oh you got to be good mm-hmm. and that takes a hit. When you come to the Lakers, let me say yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah. You come to the Lakers, you are yeah. under a microscope. For sure. And the media feeds into that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, I think that's a terrible thing. Yeah. When a dude, he's a good dude. and ain't done no dude, wrong. Yeah. Like, that's it. And yeah. so, um, where's your favorite place to play?
1: Um, my favorite place has always been Staples Center or Crypto now. Yeah, yeah. Just love coming back home and playing against the Lakers. They were mm-hmm. my, my team growing up. Oh man, yeah, it's just awesome. Just get out there. The Lights are just different in, in Staples Center or Crypto, sorry, Crypto yeah. Arena. We call it
0: Staples. I still call it Staples yeah. Center. I don't care. What nobody say. Lights just hit <laughs> different, man. It's, yeah. it's weird. I don't yeah. know
1: what about it, but it's it's just awesome to be back home and playing.
0: Yeah, they say like the like the lights are set where mm-hmm. it's like literally just on the court and yeah. everything's kind of everything's blacked yeah. out. So yeah, it's pretty there's cool. There's uh, that feeling. So traveling from you've been to you know three four different teams now. Mm-hmm. Uh what is that like with the family? You yeah. know, now that you got a you know, you got a son, you have a wife. Mm-hmm. Um you know, what what's that balance like for for a player? Yeah, so
1: I have three kids now. Uh my stepdaughter's 6, she'll be 7 soon. My son Jackson just turned 2 in May and then my son Bodie is about nine to ten months now. So. Oh, okay. You got three.
0: oh man, you got a family, family. Okay. Yeah, so it's tough. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, my wife does a great job of obviously taking care of all that and and getting us moved when I just can focus on basketball. So that's that's a great thing about uh, having my wife uh, in my life. She pretty much keeps us all calm and and just takes care of everything without complaining or anything like that. But it's been tough uh, just moving everywhere with your family. Like obviously, you want to stay in one situation where. Like, your kids can just grow up there and just be happy, but hasn't been the case. We're still working on that, and I feel mm-hmm. like I can get there eventually, but yeah. but just for my kids' sake, like I would rather them just be in one spot, and I'm able just to be there and just grow community for them and with them, but I think we can, obviously, I just said we can get there eventually, so that's what we're working towards.
0: That's dope. Is there, um, is he, you know, old enough and you know not running everywhere where there. he can come to practice and, and kind of okay so he
1: comes on my workouts now nice um, usually my late night workouts I work out like two days maybe what Monday and Thursday so he'll come to both of those and have his little court and shoot and just have fun you know and oh. that obviously like as a parent and a basketball player that's just like a dream to have your kid come to your workouts and be able to enjoy himself and play and there's times where he sits there and watches me work out and those are also times where very enjoyable for me as a father, mm-hmm. like just paving the way and just showing him how to work and, and how oh, yeah. to get to where if he chooses that road, how to how to get to like that level.
0: Yeah. No, I, man, I think that you know, I think in professional sports there's always this, you know, misconception that mm-hmm. people aren't family. Family, yeah. people, yeah. and I've seen you. Like I've, that's where mm-hmm. I saw you. I saw you in the gym with your whole family. Yeah. Um. And I think it's cool for for people to hear and see that. That mm-hmm. hey man, you have a wife who holds it down. Yeah. And that you're doing everything you can to you know give your kids the best experience that you can with sure. everything with your career. Yeah. And um, you know that I think that's extremely important for for people to hear. So. Yeah. Um, you know, you are you grew up in a, a family of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, how has that impacted, you know, just the decisions you've made mm-hmm. and uh, even this journey that you're taking through the NBA?
1: I mean, it's impacted my entire career of basketball. Um, with, that, with that faith my parents, uh, with the confidence my parents gave me, they also gave me faith and that pretty much I can go out there and do anything I need to do. Uh, through God and with, with Jesus and God on my side, I, I can accomplish anything. And that's something that they installed in us very early at a young age and and also I believe it. So that's yeah. probably, that is probably the reason why I'm here and where I am today. Just obviously trusting God, trusting the process and that knowing that everything's gonna work out the way I want it to mm-hmm. and pretty much God's will be done. And that's something I stand by and live by like throughout my daily life, throughout my career. And it's just something just to hold myself to that standard and not get too down on myself or try not to get too high when things are good and bad but just understand god has a, a plan and he's always working
0: absolutely man thank you for sharing that yeah. um all right there's a part of our show it's called the my rushmore okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your top four and we're gonna go your top four players that you played against yeah. in your high school career yeah I would do NBA, but no, we ain't going to do that. We ain't going to do that. Top four. Top four high school.
1: Okay. (laughs) Top four NBA. You already got two of them that I would say, so that wouldn't be fun, but um, (laughs) top four, obviously playing against Marcus, we used to go to Providence and those games used to be crazy. Um,
0: Double OTs, people getting dropped, (laughs) 38, 40, oh man. those
1: games was wild. uh, Trey Holder was another one that uh, I remember going against. He went to Brentwood. Um, that was a game I coached. Do you remember
0: that? Sophomore year? I don't. Blunt had to go handle some family business. <laughs> and okay. I had coached that game. Yeah. We lost by five. We, we were up. It yeah. got tough. Yeah. And uh, I remember that game. Trey Holder. That was your sophomore year against Trey. But Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, another player I remember playing against was um, Christian Juzang hmm from viewpoint um those are always tough battles playing against viewpoint uh close games but I don't remember losing the viewpoint too many times I don't know if I <laughs> lost the viewpoint ever actually but we'll have to look that up and see yeah. and then um Ramsey went to Sierra Canyon yeah he was obviously always fast quick just a great basketball player so yeah those there are probably my going. uh top
0: four yeah Man, I, I I might have. Oh, uh, I got one for you. I'm gonna stay with Marcus Levet. Mm-hmm. Just watching those battles with you, crazy. Trey Holder, Trey was a monster. Yeah. Um, I'm adding in Kihei when he was at Buckley. Yeah. Remember that playoff yeah, yeah, game? Yeah, y'all were going I at it. I remember that. That's that's when, Providence, right? So if y'all don't know this, man, Aaron Holiday probably had the most fouls not called on <laughs> him. <laughs> Ever. He ain't going to say it. They I'm going to say call. it. Yeah, definitely. They don't call fouls on this man because of how physical he was yeah. and maybe how quick he was and maybe even because of his name, yeah. you know, because of the last name. And so when I tell you that if he wasn't scoring, it's was probably because he wasn't getting fouled <laughs> if he was going yeah. to the rim. But they did not. They called maybe 20% of the calls. <laughs> I
1: know. That's a fact. That's a fact. I, I do remember that. <laughs> it was
0: crazy. It
1: was wild.
0: So I'm going to say Kihei. Yeah. Um Mike wasn't there yet. Mike Meadows was on that team, too, but he wasn't there yet. But yeah. was still nice. And then uh, the last one, I'm trying to go back to the Gold Coast. Who else had some dudes then? Yeah, it might be Christian, actually. Yeah, yeah Christian Juzang. He was he
1: solid, was for sure. Man,
0: Christian could go high he school. Could. He was, He was nice, man. Quick, mm-hmm. explosive, get to the rim. Could shoot. Yeah. Yeah, he could play. So, nah, man, you play against some good players. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's even crazier in college. And yeah, yeah, you played
1: against the Oregon teams, Kentucky, three straight years of Kentucky. That alone is crazy. U Dub teams I played against, Markel. I think Dejounte too. Mm -hmm. They had some solid teams. Yeah, I think I played. Yeah, JB, uh, Jalen Brown at Cal. There's there's some teams I played against (laughs) in college absolutely unc team that had uh joel berry and who was there big that was cooking us <laughs> i can't think of uh Joel name.
0: barry c nor what year is this this is 16. yeah 2016.
1: 2016. I think we played him in brooklyn uh at the new arena in brooklyn well it was new
0: man I'm trying to think of they had uh,
1: page the guard page marcus page yeah
0: Oh, they had somebody good.
1: They had a, their big was cooking us.
0: <laughs> I have to Google it. Can you Google that? We'll get back it. to that. Yeah, I want to know who it bro. is. That's dope. Um, all right, where were you when? So TV. a moment, a moment in basketball history that impacted you—the um, mm-hmm. when it was announced that the NBA was shut down because of COVID.
1: Man, that was crazy. Like you just, I'm sitting there just looking at the TV. It was uh, when Utah tall was playing somebody. When Rudy Gobert was <laughs> coughing on all the mics, that's when yeah. obviously it started. And then Drew had a game up in, I believe, Sacramento. And like only two people came out on the court and they were like, nah, we're shutting it down. Um, yeah. It was just a crazy time. You just didn't think it was real. yeah. And they shut down the whole league. Uh, we just packed up, me and my wife and kids packed up, drove from Indiana to California. But Whoa! It was a crazy time. Like you just didn't know what was happening. You didn't know what was going on. Yeah. There wasn't that much information about it, so you just try to protect your family and be safe. And then soon after, we came back to the bubble. We had like a few weeks, I think, to get back right, and then came back to the bubble in uh, Florida, Disney. Where Disneyland is, Disney mm-hmm. World. And that was crazy. It's like you. It's like you're. It is a literal bubble. It's not like exactly <laughs> like a bubble. Okay, but. It's like you're all, every team is has their own hotel. There's probably like two or three hotels and you had to stay in your room. You had to pretty much eat all the food that's on your campus. So there was a restaurant we used to go to. That was like a two-minute walk. It wasn't far at all. And then they had food for us every so often in our team dinners, but like just, you just kind of had to eat like the same thing over and over again. Wow. And just being in like, in that space it was it wasn't like scary anything but it was just it got to a point where it's like man i just want to go home and see my family our families couldn't come with us they had to stay back at home that was the time where people were like Mm. pretty much saying we're not about to play we're just gonna wait till next season and stuff like that and like you really think about that and that was also the black Lives matter movement and stuff like that yeah was around that time so it was it was a crazy time for sure but We did it and got through it, and hopefully it made us better for it.
0: Yeah. Any crazy stories from the bubble? Funny stories?
1: (laughs) Um, No. I mean, just seeing the guys that were out there fishing. I think Ben was fishing (laughs) and Luca and all them. But no crazy stories. Um, There were some crazy games. TJ had like a few fifty piece. Yeah, that was crazy. Fifty piece games. Uh, Those were those were pretty cool and.
0: So, do you think the basketball was higher level in the bubble?
1: I don't know. I don't feel like it because I, I enjoy like the fans and like going into mm. opposing arenas and just the hostility of it. It's, <laughs> it was weird just sitting there and like there you just see all these faces around, and then there's like just they turn up the crowd noise and it was just weird. But they did do a good job of kind of making it normal, like. Yeah. They could have turned the crowd noise up a little bit more, but they did a good job of trying to make it keep it the same.
0: Okay, yeah. Now, I know it's you're playing. It's almost like you're practicing, but in an arena, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. Yeah, just to not see anything and
1: just all the all the seats were pretty much stacked. I don't know. I don't think they were five feet apart, but keeping the distance, the right distance that that they had, uh, we had to go by, and it was just weird. Like you just look over the sideline, there's just your your basketball teammates and then nothing on the other side they put like sponsors and stuff like right they tried the board to they had it a it little up. board or something yeah behind it. it was weird it was a weird time <laughs> but i'm glad we got through it
0: yeah no I, sure. I think that was tough for everybody so yeah um and that like you said your fam, like you stuck with a bunch of dudes mm-hmm.
1: like my brother you know. Justin was on my team then too so that helped but okay yeah drew went to the bubble as well but other than that it was tough Got you, got you. I'm glad
0: you got through it. Yeah. Um, all right. This is the part of the show where we flip the script. Okay. Two questions for me mm-hmm. about anything.
1: Oh, let me think about it. Mm. Would you ever want to coach in college or in the NBA?
0: Mm. I've had the high school question. College and the NBA? So, more recently, I thought about coaching in college, mm-hmm. at the low level of college, though. Yeah. Um, I, I do not want the lifestyle that comes with being a Division One college coach. You are out on the road, recruiting, yeah. and I'm a family man. I gotta yeah. see my kids. I gotta see my wife. Um, for sure. I hate leaving for a weekend, mm-hmm. you know? Like, literally, on my way here, my daughter... Is crying because I'm leaving the house. I'm mm-hmm. like, be back in three hours. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> be back and like that stuff just kills me. Cause I'm a family man. So mm-hmm. I thought about the lower levels. You know, like a Division three where you can't you can't do anything between March and August mm-hmm. with in college or Division three. You know, yeah. like where it's more. I know exactly what it is. NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, but I'm open to it. If that yeah, makes sense, like do I don't that. see myself doing it, but if there's something like I, I'm going to get in coaching mm-hmm. in the next few years once my kids are old enough and I have that time, yeah. and so if it leads to that, I'm open to it. I'm not, you know, coaching mm-hmm. at the highest level is awesome. Like I'm all about getting better for sure. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm op- I'm open to college at a lower level, way mm-hmm. lower level, yeah. and then um, open to the NBA if. Shoot, if I get that good, why not? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's all about opportunity, honestly. Uh, what would my next question be? Let's see. What was your favorite moment when you coached me in high school?
0: Oh, uh, it's easy. Did you go to
1: uh, Mission? Did you go to Mission Prep with us too? Yeah, I was at Bishop you, Prep. Everywhere.
0: Dang. Yeah, I was. I was at bishop Prep. Um, remember, we ran in the parking lot because Colin, wanted <laughs> to act a fool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out to Colin, who yeah, I think is uh, who's. Coaching LSU now, or, or where was he? Are you? I think he was at LSU. Yeah, he was at LSU. Last yeah. year. But um, my favorite moment, easily, was the Providence game. Yeah. Easily. It was, was the crazy. energy, yeah. the back and forth, Uh, pulled out the win at the end. You fouled out in the second mm-hmm. overtime or first overtime or something yeah. like that, but you had 38, 46, 1-2. Mm-hmm. And the back and forth of the game – and the, you were like you were just answering everything that Marcus had. You was mm-hmm. coming with something. For and, sure. And, but he was still laying foods out and yeah. getting <laughs> his buckets. He was. That, was. that was just like, that's. I'm like, this is what high school basketball is about. Y'all mm-hmm. just playing your best. I don't even know if we call plays anymore. Yeah, like It was just like, on, hey, yeah. go hoop. Yeah. I love those moments of just go hoop. Mm-hmm. And when the kids that you're with in the gym every day yeah. show up and show out. And then your best player goes down, mm-hmm. you know, fouls out. And they stepped up and won. Yeah. Like, man, that's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, for, sure, yeah. was, for sure, that was my best time. That was that was amazing. Um, there was one more question. It's the same question that came earlier, and it came and left again. It's about basketball. It's about a moment. Dang it, man. The thing keeps flowing away. Maybe I'm not meant to ask you.
1: Ah, oh, that's a good time. You got some time.
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. We got a 24-second shot clock. Look at that camera there, mm-hmm. tell the people, whatever you want to tell them, encourage, inspire.
1: Well, basketball and life related, um, continue to push forward. Um, there's a lot of obviously obstacles that we go through in life. And we're not always ready for them, but we obviously have to keep going. The world's going to continue and we got to keep pushing forward. Um, talk to somebody if you need help, if you're struggling, obviously reach out and You pretty much could talk to a mental health person or try to get a friend or just somebody you're close to to really be able to express yourself and express how you feel. And it's okay to feel that way. But we still have to keep in mind that we're trying to reach a certain goal or get to a certain level or get to a certain place. So it's okay to feel that way, but we have to figure out ways to overcome that and get through it. So my way is obviously I have a wife that I, I talk to, I have a mental health person that I talk to and God I talk to as well. So my religion is one thing that, that really helps me and pushes me through certain situations and tough situations. So no. I don't know how that is for you guys, but um, yeah, just try to find somebody and, and speak with somebody and just keep fighting. So, yeah.
0: I want to hop into um now it came back to me because you, you triggered it actually. All right, All right. so. Mental health in the NBA yeah. is, um, you know, is something that's of importance that we're talking about more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you speak with somebody for your mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, when did that start?
1: Man, uh, mental health issues, like just having mental health problems. I wouldn't say problems, because I don't feel like they're, they are that big of a deal, but for me, they're not, so. Mm-hmm. Like just throughout my career, uh, getting to college, not knowing what to expect you're pretty much alone now, yeah, my sister there, but I'm going through it pretty much alone, and you kind of feel that a lot. Just the just going from school, classes, basketball, flying here, flying there, having good games, bad games. Mm-hmm. The fans from UCLA and everywhere else able to watch you, talk about you, and you can't really do nothing about it, you know? And that, that part was tough for me. Um, I'm a guy who obviously is built off of pretty much if you say I can't do something, I'm gonna go show you that that I can and it gets heavy to where you obviously wanna show everybody what you can do, but you're kinda of giving up your mental health for that, you know, mm. like if that makes sense, like I'm sitting here trying to focus on what he said about me and he said about me and I'm not focusing on like me being okay with who I am. Mm. And once I understood that it, it helped me a lot more. But even when I got to the NBA, it was it was tough because again, you're on your own. I'm in a whole different state, like in Indiana. Like I never thought I would be here. It's snowing and stuff, and you're not playing the minutes you want to play. You know you're good enough, but how do I prove myself to them? And like I feel like as a, well personally, I got in the in the mindset of I need to prove myself to them instead of just proving myself right kind of like yeah. not really focusing on them and focusing on me and trying to get better each and every day um, you have to find a joy within your job and life to really keep pushing on and that's something I really figured out in Indiana like basketball isn't everything it's just a, a sport we play like honestly it really means nothing and if you really think about it like what means something obviously to me is my religion my family my kids um and just making sure they're okay and healthy so i've been going through that for since college high school got to the nba and then my last year in atlanta i finally decided to to talk to somebody and he's just been there talking me through coaching me up and helped me understand me and myself getting better at how i uh how i get over bad games or how i deal with bad games or how i'm with good games and how I am around my family, like just different things, nitpicking at everything and understanding like how I can be better and how um, I can pretty much help myself get to that person that I wanna be in life. So, that's
0: dope. Thanks for sharing with that, man. I think yeah. it's important to see that, you know, uh, especially as black men, that, sure. you know, it's okay to see somebody and talk about what's going on in yeah, your yeah. head. And like you said, um, you know, we thank God um, that you're not suffering from something extreme, exactly. but it is something, it is regardless. Something it's, it's your, it is your mental health we're talking about, and mm-hmm. it's about it being healthy For and sure. having that space to talk about it, whether there's a huge issue or a small issue. Mm-hmm. And we want always want to encourage yeah. um, the community to go out there and, man, just, just talk to somebody. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You got to deal with it before it becomes a bigger problem, too. So, yeah. you know, just keep going down that road. You got you to gotta at least at one point face the fact that Good or bad, you got to face it and figure out how you're going to deal with it and, and then go from there.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace.